Hello and welcome back to Cafe All Lit. I am Caleb Bedford and it is the second episode in our limited series on the Gatsby Cluster stories. Um, that will all be in the title anyway, but I feel like it's fairly standard practice to also say it. Um, yeah, I'd originally planned to do, to record a video on YouTube live as I did this. Um, we had some technical complications with that, so I did a short video over there, and now I'm going to do a little bit longer one over here. Um, so if you're coming from that one, there will be some overlap, um, but there will be additional additional information uh, that was not in in that last one. Um, I am going to pull up real quick our schedule for these Gatsby cluster stories. Um, should be every Friday. But if not, it will be in this order, at least. Um, so this is Winter Dreams. We did Absolution last week. Um, next, next time, presumably May the 5th, we will be doing... Dice, Brass Knuckles, and Guitar. Um, on the 12th, The Sensible Thing. And on the 19th, Presumption. Um, so I don't think Presumption is in this copy of the stories of F. Scott Fitzgerald. Um, the rest of them are. And I don't have Rich Boy on that list. And I believe that is also one of the Gatsby cluster stories. I'll have to have to look into that, but um, presumption is not, but I do have the Cambridge copy of all the sad young men. And it is in that one. It was not collected. Um, presumption wasn't in, in all the sad young men, but the Cambridge edition has um, extra stories uh, like Jacob's ladder. Um, that were that were not collected for whatever reason. Uh, Scott Fitzgerald did not like to repeat himself. Um, so if he did take a line or two um, from one of his magazine stories, he would generally not collect it. Um, in in the story collection that ten, that always followed one of his novels, um, it was something that Hemingway did not shy away from, but uh, Fitzgerald did not like doing that. So, I think he felt he was cheating people. Um, if he, if he, if uh, some of the stories were too similar, had contained passages that were too similar to uh, stories in his books. So, um, yes, I will need to check on the rich boy, but I believe that was considered part of the Gatsby Gatsby cluster. Uh, let's see what it says in this book. Uh, if I can find the right page. Um, okay. So. 
it is sort of sort of related to Gatsby. It's not a part of the Gatsby cluster because he wrote it um, he wrote it while he was awaiting publication of The Great Gatsby. So Gatsby had already been um, sent off to the press, the printing press, when he wrote it. So it is very much sort of related and in the same vein as, as Gatsby in some ways. But overall, it was not, it's not officially a part of the Gatsby cluster, which is more of the um, stories that he wrote when he was kind of coming up with the idea for Gatsby and sort of over the writing of Gatsby itself um, that influenced Gatsby or um, were sort of false starts or whatever, um, whatever exactly. So um, I read it on the YouTube video, but I'm going to read it again. The introduction um, or the preface or whatever you want to call it, um, presumably by Matthew Bruckley. Um, who edited this collection. I don't see any other name, so we're going to assume that, but I um, reserve the right to be wrong. Winter, Dream, Winter Dreams per first appeared in Metropolitan Magazine December 1922 and was collected in All the Sad Young Men in 1926. Written while Fitzgerald was planning his third novel, The Great Gatsby, it is the strongest of the Gatsby cluster stories. Like the novel, it examines a boy whose ambitions become identified with a selfish, rich girl. Indeed, Fitzgerald removed Dexter Green's response to Judy Jones's home from the magazine text and wrote it into the novel as Jay Gatsby's response to Daisy Faye's home. The four closing paragraphs of this story are distinguished by Fitzgerald's complex explication of Dexter's sense of mutability. He grieves for the loss of his capacity to grieve. So, as always, if you have not read this story... Go read it. Um, have you read it? I bet. Um, so, I marked some things. I didn't take very many notes, but um, I would say this is, I think, the earliest of the Gatsby cluster stories. Assuming... Assuming this is in the right order. Um, but I, I do believe that this is the earliest. And um, so therefore it is kind of the furthest away from probably the furthest away from what became Gatsby. Like you got the idea of this uh, poor boy that comes from um, it says in the it says in the novel in the story his mother was um Bohemian of the peasant class. Um, so he comes from a family that was uh, not not rich, not um, old money, as it would kind of mold mold and uh, transition into when he wrote Gatsby. Um, so he he he's a self he's a self made man like like Gatsby. Um, there is a sort of spoiled rich girl, um, as there are in many of Fitzgerald's stories. That is not um, that is not confined to Gatsby. I mean, in in the Gatsby cluster at all. Uh, and I think a lot of that was because that's kind of how he viewed uh, Zelda in in a lot of ways. And I think he 
he kind of sought that out. Um, Cause even before Zelda with Ginevra King, he, um, his first love, if you will, he sort of always, uh, which she was like a, Ginevra was like way above his like social standing um, at the time. Um, and, and she was probably more of an influence on Gatsby than, than Zelda was. Um, I think it's sort of, uh, Daisy is sort of like a combination of the two in a lot of ways. Uh, this, um, this character though is probably much more, um, probably much more Ginevra than, than Zelda, which is um, certainly interesting to say the least that he's married to Zelda while he's, writing this and uh his mind is on this this other girl that he knew as a youth um but yeah so there's this sense of a uh, young man he's like kind of working as a caddy for at a golf course for pocket money in the beginning of this um they sort of gets away from that um moves off takes a loan out of his college money or something um, i don't know exactly how that worked um invests it, buys some laundry, laundromats, essentially. And, um, yeah, eventually he becomes, like, the premier. Like, if people go, um, people trust him with their with their nice clothes, where they, whereas they wouldn't, like, more so than they would trust um, someone else. So he becomes the place to go to get certain items laundered, whether it be um, golf pants at first, I think, and then eventually like women's lingerie um just very specific items that need to be like washed with care for whatever reason he his laundromats end up being the place to go to do that um so he makes a bunch of money um and he kind of comes back to town plays golf and uh as he's playing golf this um this girl uh, like they're playing golf. He's with this group of people and this is all of a sudden this golf ball just nails one of the people he's playing with in the stomach. And then this girl like pops up and she's like, can we play through? And I kind of got, uh, this is a stretch for sure, but I kind of got from this, like when um, in Gatsby, when Jordan Baker, the golfer is talking about um, bad drivers, um, I this reminded me of, of a more literal interpretation um, or an alternate interpretation um, of, of that statement. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I think the golf aspect of the character kind of might have eventually played into, um, into the whole Jordan Baker character, but I, I don't think this necessarily had that much to do with that. I think he sort of the playing golf was definitely more of a wealthy man's game um, at the time. It still kind of is in a lot of ways, you know, golf clubs are very expensive. Playing a round of golf is very expensive, especially if you're at a country club, you uh, kind of have to have memberships or know somebody um, to play at most of them. I believe, I don't know a lot about all that, but it, it is, um, it is an expensive, um, hobby to have so in a lot of ways i mean it's it's definitely probably more accessible now than it was then but it's still um 
not terribly so. Um, let's see. So, yeah, he becomes successful. Um, I think one of the most distinguishing qualities, kind of skipping towards the, oh, well, uh, first of all, the, um, you get the image of the woman with the husky voice, kind of like uh, Daisy, I believe, is described as having like a husky tenor. Maybe, I think it is, in, um, in Gatsby. Uh, there's this one... Um, She's Judy Jones, a slender enameled doll in cloth of gold, gold in a band at her head, gold in two slipper points at her dress's hem. The fragile glow of her face seemed to blossom as she smiled at him. A breeze of warmth and light blew through the room. His hands in the pockets of his dinner jacket tightened spasmodically. He was filled with a sudden excitement. Uh, sort of reminded me of an early passage. Um, I guess chapter one in Gatsby, I believe it is where um, Nick walks in. Um, we see... Yeah. Well, never mind. It was Tom Buchanan that was described as having a gruff, husky tenor. Um, so that's something. Uh, let's see... As he goes into the house, a breeze blew through the room, blew curtains in at one end and out the other like pale flags, twisting them up toward the frosted wedding cake of the ceiling and then rippled over the wine-colored rug, making a shadow on it as wind does on the sea. The only completely stationary object in the room was an enormous couch on which two young women were buoyed up as though upon an anchored balloon. They were both in white, and their dresses were rippling and fluttering as if they had just been blown back in after a short flight around the house. Um, and then in this one, um, just talking about the breeze of warmth and light blew through the room. So this uh, sort of... I think that's just more characteristic of, of his writing necessarily than a specific reference uh, or a specific thing that became important in Gatsby. Um, but, and like I mentioned in the YouTube video, if you've seen it, um, they're talking about, uh, this is like seven years later, I think, which is, um, it's been four or five years four years, I think, five years, five years before, um, but time has passed, a decent amount of time has passed um, since he's he's seen her, much like it had in Gatsby between the time he'd seen Daisy um, and the time he sees her during the events of Gatsby. Um, but he, uh, Dexter, the main character, is talking to um, the Gatsby character, if you will, uh, the, the self-made young man who's um who didn't come for money who's now has plenty of money um is talking to a man named devlin and the subject of judy sims formerly judy jones comes up 
He had heard, of course, that she was married. Perhaps deliberately, he had heard no more. Unlike Gatsby, who was making like, who was tracking Daisy's every move, every time she was mentioned in the papers. Um, Dexter kind of does the opposite. He he moves himself, he distances himself emotionally from it. Whereas Gatsby's scraping at every last bit of information, trying to keep in contact in whatever way he can. Um. Awfully nice girl, brooded Devlin meaninglessly. I'm sort of sorry for her. Why? Something in Dexter was alert, receptive at once. Oh, Lud Simmons has gone to pieces in a way. I mean, Lud Sims has gone to pieces in a way. I don't mean he ill-uses her, but he drinks and runs around. Doesn't she run around? No, stays at home with her kids. Um. Well, that's... I, I told you... I can't read. Well, that's... I told you all there is to it. He treats her like the devil. Oh, they're not going to get divorced or anything. When he's particularly outrageous, she forgives him. In fact, I'm inclined to think she loves him. She was a pretty girl when she first came to Detroit. Um, for the first time in his life, he felt like getting very drunk. Um, so... And then, this is... Of course, this is all the last couple pages of the text of the story. Um, and he says... um. Uh, for he had gone away and he could never go back anymore. The gates were closed, the sun was gone down, and there was no beauty but the gray beauty of steel that withstands all time. Even the grief he could have borne was left behind in the country of illusion, of youth, of the, riches, of the richness of life, where his winter dreams had flourished. Long ago, he said, long ago there was something in me, but now that thing is gone. Now that thing is gone, that thing is gone. I cannot cry, I cannot care, that thing will come back no more. So that is that um, that grieving for the loss of his capacity to grieve in a way. It is also an acceptance um, that what is past is past. He, he understands you cannot repeat the past. Whereas Gatsby, of course you can, old sport. You know? And so I think, of course... Gatsby, spoilers, always. Um, if you haven't read Gatsby, though, what are you waiting on? Go read it. You shouldn't be listening to my podcast. You should be reading Gatsby. It is the great Gatsby for a reason. All right. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, so Gatsby... You know, of course, of course, you can, old sport. He, he he does not know how to give. He's so much more invested, um, and he cannot he cannot step away. He cannot um, accept that it's not going to happen. Um, without, if it doesn't happen, you know, he he just as soon die as as live without her um, for any longer, especially after. He's had that run-in with her. Um, well, yeah. Um, I don't have a ton more. Um, don't remember if I mentioned this. And um, if I did, I'm sorry. But this this is one of Fitzgerald's most anthologized stories. This and Babylon Revisited, which is a fantastic story. I think Babylon Revisited is probably... Fitzgerald's best story. I do like it better than Winter Dreams, personally. 
Um, I definitely want to do that at some point if I haven't already. I honestly do not remember. I've done a lot of Fitzgerald and a lot of Hemingway. And sometimes I can't remember what I have done and what I have not. But if I haven't, I want to do that soon once I get through with the Gatsby cluster, um, because that is that is later. That is more um, more towards uh, Tender is the Night, um, which doesn't. The Tender stories are not necessarily described as a cluster, but there are definitely some like the swimmers that uh, were, he pulled a lot more from those stories, I think, than from the Gatsby ones, but the Gatsby ones show him developing um, his ideas more, I guess. Um, but yeah. I mean, there's just, I just love Fitzgerald's writing style. Um, this is moving on into like this era. Um, all the sad young men era Fitzgerald. He's, you know, uh, Tales of the Jazz Age, his second collection, his first collection, Flappers and Philosophers. Um, they all, they were all very, most of those stories were very funny. They had, definitely in Tales of the Jazz Age, um, I think it had like Benjamin Button, which is a fairly serious story, but it's also got that level of like, comic comic whatever to it um mayday is obviously very serious i believe that i believe mayday is in um tales of the jazz age yeah um diamond as big as the ritz um but they all had sort of like um they still have some like sort of whimsical uh, quality to them, ridiculous quality to them. Um, that these stories, starting with Winter Dreams, um, didn't didn't have so much. I feel like they got, um, for the most part, got got a little more serious. Um, and so he's he sort of. I mean, he wrote short, short stories for money. Um, primarily. And I think that's where, I think the Gatsby cluster stories, um, when they didn't sort of work out, um, like he was trying to write his novel, his mind was on this, this stuff, but he, he felt like he needed to have um, money saved up, which he spent money like crazy. Um, so have like getting enough money to where he would feel, cause he couldn't, he felt like he couldn't write on his novels, um, which he took really seriously. Um, his short stories, he did not take nearly seriously. Like he felt he, um, he felt he could not write if he didn't have enough money to feel comfortable. If he was worrying about money, he couldn't, he couldn't write. Um, just, I guess it'd be like anxiety, um, sort of today that a lot of, a lot of writers probably have, especially since the short story market is, you know, virtually non-existent in terms of paying. Like you, you could make a living in in Fitzgerald's day. Um, he made most of his money, I believe, off of off of short stories. You know, he'd be getting uh, three thousand, four thousand dollars in like nineteen twenty two, nineteen thirty. You know, uh, that was a lot of money. Um, 
of course, later in his career, those numbers came down, partially, I think, because the depression kind of uh, the, the amount of income people had to spend was was a lot lower. So the magazines probably weren't selling as well um, and, all, and all that. And so that that and his quality of the stories did end up going down late in his career. He was just trying to crank them out um, because he just needed money so desperately. Um, but anyway, that's that's just um, perhaps something for another another time. Um, yeah, I don't I just don't have that much to say. But this is I mean this is a very good story. It's it's not particularly one of my favorites. Um, I wouldn't say at all. Um, I don't know. Like it's 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 fine. It's good. I just it's it's not it doesn't have the kind of gut punch that a story like Babylon Revisited has. Um So, I don't know. It doesn't have like the deeper sort of ideas that a story like Absolution has either, I don't think. Um, it's just kind of like him, sort of, the gears are starting to turn. Um, I think I think that's the coolest thing about it, is the, the, the um, other than just being a well-crafted story, the gears are clearly starting to turn on, on the Gatsby idea. Um, and obviously that's his most important uh, novel um, for sure um, whether it is the great American novel or not it's certainly one of them um, really tackles a lot of a lot of things um, and it tackles them really well uh, I need to do I do want to do at least another episode or two on Gatsby pretty pretty soonish maybe at the end of the Gatsby cluster maybe maybe not maybe a little later but um I, I do want to revisit it again it's been a while since I guess a year since I since I tackled um each chapter individually and I kind of want to tackle it more as a whole um I think that would be that would be good that would be beneficial um so yeah let me know what you think um probably won't change my mind honestly but I'd always like to hear um I rarely hear from you guys, but I always like to hear um, from you guys. Um, I like to discuss discuss books with people, um, especially um, books by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Um, so I've read all his novels a couple times. Um, Gatsby being the exception, I've read it probably 11 or 12 times. I don't know. Definitely read it more than 10 Um I want to, my goal is to read his, his books every, every year, all of them, um, sort of a recent goal, but I, I, there's so many short stories and, um, things that I haven't read by him, but this year I'm kind of focusing, I mean, I might end up reading his five novels again, um, by the end of the year, I've already read Gatsby, of course I read it twice a year, so there's that, um, but I think, uh, there's just so many stories he wrote that I um, don't even have all of them yet. Um, and he wrote a, like I said, he wrote a ton of stories. There's 43 in this collection. He probably wrote 130 plus. Um, and so those, pretty much the only place you can really find all of them in one, say in one place, they're in different volumes, but the, the Cambridge, Cambridge editions. Um, and there are several 
a couple left of his short stories. I just got a change of class, which has some of the stories from the uh, 30s um, in it. And then there's the the Lost Decade, which has a lot of his Esquire stories in, I believe. Um, the Basil, Josephine, and Gwen stories. I've read all the Basil and Josephine stories um, recently, um, but I haven't read any of the Gwen stories, which were based on his daughter, Scotty, I believe. Um, but anyway, I'm... I'm on topic, but I am rambling, so I think we're going to call it quits here. I've got some more reading I have to do um, for other things, um, but yeah. Um, I do love a good F. Scott Fitzgerald short story. Bite-sized Fitzgerald. Gotta love it. Um, so yeah, go out and grab a copy of... If you haven't read much Fitzgerald, absolutely, absolutely, it has most of the most of the stories from his early collection, early collections, um, and you know, all the way through sort of his his last his, the end. Like it, it spans his whole career. Um, you don't get every single story, obviously, um, but it has a good sampling, and it's an excellent place to start and for many people an excellent place to finish um, not everyone is going to be as nuts as me and try to read them all um, 43 stories is a lot so um yeah keeping this under 30 minutes gonna call it here but um as always um until next time keep on reading